he played hard. Heavy offerings. Quick to pass and assist. The NBA is first U.S. born Asian American. Revive the New York Knicks. This is Howard. This is Howard Junior Lady Lodge, also a basketball fan. When his chance came, an obscure player was ready, and Jeremy Lin responded for the high call. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network. The views and opinions of Nation Talk. Are not necessarily confused on talk show and jam radio. This is Nation Talk. Nation Talk here on Talk Show and Jam Radio. Tonight we're going to be talking about this past presidential debate. And uh, come on this debate. Also, the COVID 19. Updated on the COVID 19 update and the election 2020. Still getting you out there to make sure that you go out and vote. Make your vote count. Before we uh, get to the key moments, ABC News has this fact checking. Trump and Biden doing the first 
Institute today. Trump claims, and now we're weeks away from a vaccine. Fact check. Was probably health experts and said that vaccine will not be widely available until mid-2021. Pharmaceutical company Pfizer has said it may have data from its late stage trial by October this month. A Moderna has said it could have data from its late stage trial by November or December. From there, the data will need to be analyzed by the Food and Drug Administration to determine whether the vaccine is both safe and effective. Our companies in late stage stage trials are further behind. AstraZeneca's late stage trial is still on hold, and Johnson and Johnson only just started its late stage trial this month. Even if a vaccine is authorized by the end of the year, that does not mean it will be widely available. At first, only limited supplies will be available, and they will be for the most vulnerable. By the time you mobilize the distribution and you get the of the population vaccine Yes. Likely not, likely not going to happen until mid or in 2021, according to Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top expert on infectious diseases. We told MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell earlier this month. A recent Senate hearing, tennis Disease Control and Prevention Director Robert Bedfield echoed those sentiments to quote that I think there will be a vaccine that will initially be available sometime between November and December, but very limited supply, and it will, it will have to be prioritized. But he, quote, but he continued, he said, if you're asking me when it's going to be generally available to the American public so we can begin taking advantage of vaccine to get back to our regular life, I think would probably be late second quarter, third You heard it. Asked what? Scientists say, and let me say again. Say again. Um, um, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Science knows, and the science knows. 
Another fact check is that there are over 100 million Americans in the U.S. with preceding conditions that he showed. Uh, Biden says 100 million Americans have pre-existing conditions. Trump say he's wrong. Fact check. Fact check. 100 million or more people have pre-existing conditions in the U.S. Biden said the debate that 100 million people have pre-existing conditions, while Trump said the number is totally uh, President said, quote, there aren't 100 million people with pre-existing conditions. Two candidates were debating about the path for health care in America. Biden, who, who was arguing that Trump and Republicans will keep people with pre-existing conditions off a health care if they we send in the public care act is correct that somewhere, somewhere around 100 million Americans have pre-existing conditions according to studies. One study by the Health and Human Services Department in 2017 found that a large percentage of non-elderly Americans have pre-existing health conditions ranging from 61 million to 133 million. There's a, uh, there's a difference, however, between the absolute number of people with pre-existing conditions and the number of people who would be denied coverage under the Affordable Care Act. Expert points out that 54 million non-elderly Americans wouldn't have been have been denied insurance before the ACA confirmed that 100 million or more Americans have back into talking about um, um, about uh, COVID-19, and like I said, numbers and experts know best. Trump claims once you been once you once you in China and Moscow and various other places, he made a fortune. He didn't have a job. Are the facts by the sum of Hunter by the exact sum of Hunter experts have broadly taken those particularly like Ukraine and China in place when like Ukraine and China US. At a time when his father, progressive watchdog group, last year, last year, absolute 
Pilgrim is a huge tourist should have encouraged his son not to take these positions. Should have not to
series. Trump claims. Trump claims. That the UT task force recommendation between Biden and Senator Bernie Sanders following the Democrat primary, which the president called a manifesto, that Biden is pushing for socialized medicine. Here are the facts. Claim does not line up with health care plan Biden has put forward and the task force recommendations are not binding. On Tuesday, Trump said in the debate on Tuesday, Sanders on a plan, absolute guaranteed socialized socialized are the unity task force calls for the establishment of high quality public action plans that is been administered by the government and not private companies it is not a binding document and does and it does not mention medicare for all or the elimination of private insurance also also the former vice president as repeatedly said he does not support socialized medicine including throughout the democratic primary instead he called for building on the affordable care act which has which does not eliminate private insurance against Medicare for All, which would overhaul the health care system and implement a single-payer government-run system was a signature position throughout the Democratic primary. Biden also had coronavirus pandemic had not changed his mind on the single payer health care system. Single payer, single payer would not solve that at all. Biden said during an interview on MSNBC. There's another claim. Trump claim. Trump claims. Trump claims. His campaign rallies. Have been outside negative effect on the spread of COVID 19. It's sex. At the debate, Trump defended his campaign's decision to, com- to continue large scale, mostly maskless campaign rallies in the middle of a pandemic. Blaming has held them outside. That had no yeah. outside Even at least one valley that indoors that most cases COVID nineteen have been likely been linked to them. Oh. After Trump's 
uh, Trump's. Trump's very first rally on county health director said that the director said that said that the rally following more than likely soon after after the president
Bubba. We got a mess of used cars. What can we do for you? Uh, we're looking for um... something cute. Well, here's a beauty. A 99 model with a moonroof. As a bonus, we'll throw in a leaking gas tank. You could be driving and kaboom! Adds that zing of excitement. You got any other cars? Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. There's a simple blood test called A1C that can help measure your risk of complications from diabetes. Why is it?
Some of her biggest endorsers are very liberal people from Notre Dame and other places. So I think she's going to be fantastic. We have plenty of time, uh, even if we did it after the election itself. I have a lot of time after the American people have a right to have a say who the Supreme Court nominee is. And that say occurs when they vote for a United States senators and when they vote for the president of the United States. That get that chance now because we're in the middle of an election already. Election is already started. So the thing that should happen is we should wait. That's the only way the American people get to see what the is by who they elect as president and who they elect as vice
Cops aren't happy. It happened to first boy. These kind of cops aren't happy to see what happened to Brown and Taylor. Most don't like it, but we have to have a system where people are held accountable. When and by the way, violence in response is never appropriate. Never appropriate. Peaceful protest is. Violence is never appropriate. Senate, we have the White House. Go to the Board of Elections. White House? Go to the Board of Elections. Everything I am. Everything I am. I'm totally under leveraged because of the No, Mr. President, I'm asking you a question. Yeah, he but you see how the president 
the uh, hog the, the spotlight. Hog the camera. Hog the, co- hog the conversation. Uh, try to bull. Um, try to. Do it, sir. Say it. Do it. Say it. You want to call him? 
call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a White name. White supremacist. Handbuck. Wait for it. Wait for it. Stand back and stand back. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, coming up to the top of the hour now, and uh, getting close to the top of the hour. Remind you that tomorrow morning will be on. Let's remind you that. Um, January, morning inspirations on January two point one. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Yeah. Right here, I'll talk to you in January. Talk to you. Please. If you would join us, hey, yo.
blog and read about it in the Bible. This is the Creation Moment Minute.
Welcome to Nixon Talk. Your vote counts. Your vote is needed. Go out and vote. This is a very important asking you, employing you, go out and vote. You're going to have a chance. To shape the American economy's future, if you're going to the polls in November, it's because your two choices for president, Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden, have much different visions about the path to prosperity. Mr. Trump wants to double down on tax cuts and deregulation. Our movement is pro-jobs, pro-worker, pro-police, and 100% pro-America. Joe Biden has a different view. He says he wants to raise taxes on and also restore awful lot of hard work and people but awful lot of all they ask for is a shot either one of them also has to manage the country's attempt to rebound from its sharpest economic contraction on record here's how the two men stack up on economic policy the president and former vice president are most far apart on taxes well they both say they won't raise tax rates for middle-income households Joe Biden does want to raise taxes from the wealthy. The tax policy center says the top one percent of households would see their after taxing The president and former vice president are most far apart on taxes. Well, they both. Joe Biden does want to raise taxes. Biden does want to raise taxes. One percent of Workers on the low end of the pay scale could six credits under. Workers on the low end of the pay scale could see new tax credits. on the low end of the pay scale could see new tax credits under tax credits under Biden's plan Biden's plan and that could lessen their burden we don't need a tax code that rewards wealth more than it rewards work and for president trump the approach is less is more his 2017 tax cuts for now are set to expire in 2025. 
if he's reelected, President Trump says he wants to make them permanent. He has also ordered the Treasury Department to defer collection of Social Security taxes this year if he's reelected. He wants to make those deferrals permanent too. No matter who wins this election, the U.S. is in a new era of economic tension with China. But the similarities on trade between Biden and Trump and there. President Trump imposed tariffs on goods imported from China. They range from 7.5% to 25% on more than $350 billion worth of products that Americans consume. President Trump reached a ceasefire with China earlier this year. Ultimately, it's a great deal for both countries, and it's going to also lead to even a more stable peace throughout the world. Chill on between the world's two largest economies. It's hard to reach new deals with America's big economic rival. The United States wants an open and constructive relationship with China, but achieving that relationship requires us to vigorously defend our national interests. Trump has also challenged American allies. Mr. Trump challenged American allies. Biden won't move fast to take those China. Want to repair countries. Last week, I shared the outlines of my plan to build back better. That plan rejects the defeatist view that automation and globalization mean we can't ensure our future is made in America. On energy and the environment, the incumbent and his challenger are also worlds apart. And that reflects a much different within their own party. Within their own parties. During his first term, President Trump pulled out of the Paris Agreement to reduce emissions and combat climate change. Instead, the president has prioritized domestic fuel production and sped up approvals of new pipelines and other energy infrastructure. His policies are meant to support jobs in energy producing regions like the Appalachians in West Texas, places hurt by the recent recession. We are telling the Washington politicians trying to abolish American energy, don't mess with Texas. If re-elected, the president wants to roll back regulations further. Biden, on the other hand, wants to rejoin the Paris Agreement. That includes regulations to cut commercial building emissions by 2030. Biden also has a two and wind power. Donald Trump's track record, you come out with the same conclusion. It's go big or go home. The Biden plan would result in $5.4 trillion of additional spending over 10 years. That's a fraction of the amount the progressive wing of the Democratic Party wanted, but it's still twice as large as what Hillary Clinton proposed in 2016. Biden's platform calls for increases in spending on education, infrastructure, I truly believe in the environment. I truly believe in the opportunity to turn this moment of crisis into a moment of progress. 
whose spending priorities aren't unusual for a Democrat, but conservative Republicans might need to make peace with Mr. Trump's own spending habits. Under his leadership, federal spending jumped 15% in his first three years in office. A lot of that was on defense, but not all of it. And that was before the coronavirus crisis. This year, spending is projected to go to $6.6 trillion. That's more than double the level of federal spending in 2008. With new taxes, federal bills coming due under President Trump. The government has been funding those revenue shortfalls with more and more debt. Additional government borrowing in President Trump's first term is set to exceed six and a half trillion dollars. That's as much money as the U.S. borrowed between its founding in 1789 and the recession of 2008. Under either candidate, there's simply no end in sight. But there's good news. Because interest rates are so low, it's actually very cheap to borrow at this moment. Those interest rates and other government financial policies are managed by this institution, the Federal Reserve. One of the most important relationships that any president has is with the Fed's chair. Among 12 Fed decision makers, the president appoints the chair and six other governors. Their powers are vast, especially in times of emergency. During crises, the Fed lends money to make sure banks and markets don't collapse. President Trump appointed Jerome Powell to be Fed chair. Then the president criticized the Fed leader for not holding interest rates down to promote growth. It's negative interest. Who ever heard of such a thing? Give me some of that. Give me some of that money. I want some of that money. Our Federal Reserve doesn't do it. Trump wins. They'll have to decide whether to get Powell another term starting in 2022. We need to stay in our lane. We do have this grant of independence. I think to keep that, we need to stay with what you've given us to do, which is maximum employment, stable prices, supervise the banks. Mr. Powell did move aggressively to cushion the economy during the coronavirus crisis. And that won praise from President Trump. But the Fed chair has also asserted his independence from a president who greatly values loyalty. Biden will have the same choice to make about giving Powell another term if he's elected. President Obama and President Clinton, both Democrats, each re-upped Republican chairman for the job after they became president in the name of stability for markets and the economy. Would Mr. Biden follow their lead? And which of these choices is best for your own economic interests? You've got until November 3rd to decide. That's why it's important, why it's important for you to go, out, you to go vote. out and vote. Now, here's to Hillary Clinton on the Trump debate, Trump-Biden debate, when she appeared on the Late Late Show. You're clearly someone who takes care of yourself. When it comes to screening for colon cancer, don't wait, because when Carter... Secretary Hillary Clinton! Secretary Clinton, that is so nice to see you. It's lovely to see you any day, but particularly today where there is a lot to talk about. But first, how are you? How's everyone in the family? Are you all okay? We are all okay, thank you, James. We are uh, sheltering next to each other. We've been uh, 
together since mid-March and everybody's still alive and able to you know, get through the day. Our dogs are fine. Everything's going all right. Okay. I'm thrilled to hear that. Now, let's talk about last night. So it's the first presidential debate between Vice President Biden and President Trump. Set the scene for me. What's debate night like in the Clinton household? Well, uh, for us last night, um, it was kind of a departure because we've done a lot of debates between the two of us. And, you know, we now were observers like the vast uh, majority of America who was watching. And it was nerve wracking, James. Uh, obviously, I am doing everything I can to help to win. And I do have the unique experience of having shared a debate stage three times with Donald Trump, and I know that do or say anything, as we saw again. So I was watching, but every so often, you know, I'd be cringing, or I'd be like, oh, I was watching, but every so often, you know, I'd be cringing, or I'd be like, oh, you know, it's very sad. Uh, to think that, you know, we're having the most important election in maybe our history coming up, and uh, the president, one of the two candidates, uh, can't be bothered to answer the questions, to put forward any kind of agenda for the future. It's all insult and attack and braggadocio. It just, it was sad, James. I mean, at the same time, and... I just heard and, and sad at the same time, and I just heard that the debate coming to, you know, have to change the rules because he just wouldn't stop interrupting. I thought Biden, you know, kept his cool. Living rooms, trying to say, here's what he'd do about COVID and about the economy and about climate change and everything else. So. I thought on balance, you know, Joe did fine and Trump demonstrated how out of control uh, he is. And I, I just worry about what the next you know, month is going to be like. With all of us are having those feelings, but uh, honestly, hearing you talk about it is that uh, a lot of us feel much better. Much better. More with Secretary Clinton when we come back. Now, Secretary Clinton, you are the only person on earth who's faced Trump one on one in. The things would get heated. When you were watching Joe Biden last night, what advice would you would you give him in those moments? Well, I actually did give advice uh, to the campaign, to his debate team. Um, it was some of the very same people that I worked with, and he let Trump knock you off your game. Now he will, as we saw last night, as we saw in my debates with him. Try to dominate, uh, try to interrupt, try to control whatever the conversation is. Uh, and so you have to be really focused and, and very disciplined about, you know, not getting totally off uh, the, the reservation all the time because he'll answer a question totally against the rules. And you want to continue answering your question, but you don't want to look like you're avoiding his. I thought that Biden did a a good job trying to keep his balance uh, in the face of that, you know, 90-minute onslaught. I mean, even Chris Wallace, as you know, is one of the toughest uh, newscasters, certainly no pushover, and, and he was, like, overwhelmed by the 
you know, just fuselage of uh, insult and interruption that you heard from uh, Trump. In fact, you know, it looks like the debate commission is going to change the rules. I don't know whether Trump will abide by them, but they're going to try to give the moderators, you know, more control. Maybe they'll, you know, have a kill switch on the mic. Maybe they'll have a, a button push and the, the floor drops out. I don't know. <laughs> You will then have to help out Joe Biden's microphone, which then gives Trump two minutes to, to basically just laugh. And unless the moderator steps in and says that isn't true, Mr. President, that that is false. I would like that to be on the record that what you just said was a lie. What it gives him is that he also then gets two minutes of absolute freedom to lie about it. Well, I knew he would lie. He's incapable of not lying. Uh, he has made his, uh, you know, his career on the basis of lies about his wealth. We now know uh, absolutely definitively uh, something that I said back in 2016. He's not as rich as he claims. He doesn't pay income tax and, you know, everything else we've learned. So lying is, is, is not just second. It's first nature to Donald Trump. Um, and what's so uh, regrettable is, you know, many millions of people tuned in. Now, you know, a lot of Americans made up its mind, but there still truly are undecided people, not just about who they'll vote for, but whether they'll vote. And I think that if they were to watch that um, and, and just feel so alienated from, you know, the behavior on stage, you see it as an assault on our election. You see it as a, an assault on our democracy, even more than an assault on Joe Biden and on the moderator. Uh, it's got to be, you know, troubling and discouraging to many people. I don't know what the commission is going to come up with, James. going to come up with, James. I don't know what technique they're going to try. It really takes a very tough-minded was at his most effective
Oh, you know, yes. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah. Stand back, but stand by. And according to the Proud Boys feel like online they're media today, no signals from Trump. So there Trump. are segments. So there are segments of his base. Between vice presidency, his, his lack of leadership in response to the COVID crisis. There are so, there are so many things I feel like weekly on the show. up short or his lies. Or his lies. Why do you think that none of these revelations seem to sway his supporters? I think that um, he has a hard core of support. Uh, uh, these are people who, for a combination of reasons, James, are people are drawn to, who, for a combination of uh, reasons, James, are drawn to everything to do with everything to do with how they see the world and their place. Feel like he's on also. When it comes to a lot of the cultural issues that, um, unfortunately, he has, was Trump basically refusing to denounce white supremacy, refusing to denounce white supremacy, and then giving um, a who beat up people because tops who beat up people because they disagree of what. What authoritarian leaders have done in another country. So when and by and according to the you know online media today, you know the proud boys feel like you know online media today, you know the proud boys feel like that's a you know ghost from Trump. So there are segments his that attracted to him and stay with him for a variety of reasons. But I believe what's happening and what the polls certainly suggest is that particularly women, particularly women um, who have watched this presidency and particularly watched his failure of leadership around uh, the coronavirus are not buying it anymore. Is no longer entertaining. It's uh, about to be canceled uh, in terms of you know their view. Part of what Biden is doing is reassuring people who people who maybe voted for him, maybe voted third that they can come together in this election and not only defeat Donald Trump. Someone tweeted last night.
conversation the two of them having a conversation you think possibly be talking about like one is a man who is in you know election not go his way and he says well we'll just have to wait and see and those things do you worry that it's going to take members of that and the mike pences and the ted cruises and these these characters that we do you look at that group of people and think who in there has the backbone i don't think any of them would do that president trump is this is how you do it. Uh, and I don't know their backbones uh, to think any of them would do that, James.
that he needed to go for the good of the country. I, I can't imagine um, that these um, that these. Surely, but let me ask you this if let's say Joe Biden is elected president of the United States and he and Kamala Harris uh, they give you a call and say would you have any interest in joining this cabinet what would you say well you know I've been down this road and and I told Barack Obama no twice before saying yes um, and I did it at the end because I think that if a newly Asked you to serve. If you at all can serve, you should. And I feel particularly strongly uh, about that for you know the next generation of public officials and and decision makers who are out there waiting to help repair the damage uh, to our country. So um, you know that that bridge will be crossed if it ever uh, comes up. But I urge everyone else to uh, serve if you are asked because Joe and Kamala are going to need a lot of help to fix what Donald Trump has broken. It would make for some good new bookings on your podcast if you were really in the room where it happened. Uh, we're going to talk about that podcast and so much more when we come back. Stick around. Give Bernie Sanders take on it. Right now, a lot of us need insurance that's simple and affordable. That's why we created Sidecar. Our first guest on this post-debate program is a two-time candidate from the great state of Vermont and the only guy over 70 who has Cardi B's number in his cell phone. Here to share his wise and learned perspective on what we saw tonight in Cleveland. Please welcome Senator Bernie Sanders. Hello, Senator. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I'm okay. So Senator Sanders, be honest, how many times did you yell at your television tonight watching this debate? <laughs> well, many, many times, yeah. I would love to see what your reactions are. No, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you, were a, uh, you were a subject early on in the debate. You about I heard that. Did you feel that Joe Biden was distancing himself from you in some ways? Look, um... You know, I've been in a number of debates in my life, and taking on Trump, who is a bully, who is a liar, 
who doesn't even respect the rules of the debate is very, very difficult. Uh, but I think Biden made a number of very, very important uh, points tonight, uh, while Trump continues uh, to lie uh, in an incredible way. How often do you speak to Joe Biden? Every now and then. Uh, Joe and I have known each other for a long time. I'm working as hard as I can to see that he gets uh, elected. Uh, we have held a number of uh, virtual rallies. I'll probably be hitting the road uh, fairly soon for him. Uh, and I happen to think, uh, and I think people saw this tonight, that in Donald Trump, uh, we have the most dangerous president in the history of this country. Somebody who not only lies all of the time, Jimmy, but really doesn't believe in science. I think you saw that tonight, despite what he was saying about how wonderful and great the United States is doing in, in terms of the coronavirus pandemic. The truth is we have the highest uh, in terms of that virus of almost any country on earth. We have no national policy. We have a president who continues to reject science. That's true for the coronavirus. That is true as well. And what we need, and I think Biden will give us, is a government that is leading science, not somebody who rejects science or is science. Do you think his views are, are different than mine? I happen to, uh, I happen to believe Joe's views are different. Are different. Uh, but uh, but a, the truth is, A, he understands an existential threat to the planet. Is a B, the that he existential